Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Almost $60 billion. $60 billion with a B. New report from the IRS says that is the amount of money several high-tax states lost in wealth in 2020. Trend probably won't reverse anytime soon, but is it just taxes or are there other reasons people are leaving states like California and New York? To help us break all of that down, uh, welcome back to the show, Jared Walzak, Vice President of State Projects at the Tax Foundation. Jared, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so let's talk about this. We, we talk about you know the the, uh, the 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 mass departure; those that are leaving places like New York and California, uh, they seem to be the the biggest losers at the moment. But uh, tell us what kind of what does that look like uh, in terms of the state coffers in New York and California? You know, those states are not hurting yet uh, because we still have just uh, massive amounts of revenue coming into just about every state, um, especially some of these uh, larger high-income states because incomes have been way up, obviously, with the stock market seeing some serious reverses this year. That could change. Right now, they're not suffering, but they are clearly paying attention to the fact that people are moving and the directionality of those moves are to lower tax and lower cost of living states eventually especially if we go into a recession or even just get back to ordinary times, that'll make a difference. Yeah, and we know one of the things that uh, many people have been looking at uh, is this uh, whole idea of the uh, state and local taxes, the, the cap. Uh, and uh, there have been a lot of Democrats who have urged President Biden to lift that. Currently, it's, it's $10,000. Uh, what would something like that do? Does that just help us subsidize uh, those kinds of states who have high taxes? Uh, explain that for our listeners. Yes, the state and local tax deduction it really is a subsidy for high-income individuals in high-tax states. Uh, it's a policy that arguably has never made sense. Um, it's essentially taking a small percentage of all filers because it's only those who itemize. Only about 8 to 10 percent of filers itemize every year. If you're listening, it's probably not you. Um, and then they are in a, you know, we've got people in high uh, income tax states. Maybe they live in local jurisdiction with high taxes, and they're getting this benefit that's not available to most others in their states. Uh, it's not available to as great, as great of a degree in people in lower tax states. It's a transfer of money to those high income um, and high tax states. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a policy perspective. There's no reason why we should be subsidizing those you know, people or those policies. Yeah, and and that's the thing I think uh, we all have to get to is that often it's these policies, uh, and if that's going to be the policy, then uh, you know, 
people should have to bear the results or the ramifications uh, of those policies. Uh, but by having this kind of deduction, again, for high income earners who are going to itemize, uh, it really does cover up a multitude of bad policy choices in those states. Bad policy choices and simply policy choices that come with a price tag. Think mm. especially of the local taxes, where a lot of what you get from local government we can think of as more amenities. Um, you know, all the things that you might find in a really wealthy neighborhood and your taxes are paying for them. And to some degree, that's fine. If all of the residents want those amenities, they want to pay for the really nice parks and all of the perks of living in this community, great. Pay for them. Decide to live there. But don't expect the rest of the country to subsidize that for you. Yeah. And so as we look at some of these uh, states that have had really kind of this wealth move out, uh, where are they going? Is it is it just states with no income taxes or is there is there more to the equation that we need to be looking at? There's more than that. Certainly, the states that don't have an income tax are doing very well in this. I mean, you see states like Florida and Texas in particular just doing great. But it's not just them, and people are looking for more than just low taxes. We're in an era of really substantially enhanced mobility, especially coming out of the pandemic, where people increasingly have this portability associated with their jobs. Especially higher earners can often work from just about anywhere with high-speed Internet. And they're not necessarily looking for the absolute lowest taxes, but they're looking for lower taxes, a lower cost of living, and a higher quality of life. And listen, for some people, you will pay just about anything to live in San Francisco or in New York City. I mean, people are paying a fortune on things way other than taxes to live there because they love it. But there are also people who have lived there because that's where the job is. And they would much rather have a larger home and lower costs and lower taxes. And we're seeing people start to filter and to make those decisions on factors other than where the job is. And that's bad news for some of these really high tax, high cost of living locations. Yeah, some have uh, been looking at California and saying, well, California's still doing really well because uh, tax spending obviously continued during the course of the pandemic. Uh, but should California have some some worries as they look at the overall trends and, and how things continue to play out? I think they should. I think we're in the beginning of a third wave on tech, where first you had Silicon Valley, where the agglomeration effects were extremely important. Everyone wanted to be co-located. If you had a tech startup, if you had a big tech company, you needed to be there. The next wave uh, was sort of Silicon next, you know, whether it's the Silicon Slopes, the Silicon Alley, the Silicon whatever, you started to see these smaller tech hubs still getting those agglomeration effects, but showing up all across the country. And we were maybe partway through that second wave, and then we just short-circuited it, and we just jumped to silicon anywhere. Um, For a lot of companies, they don't really care where you are. Uh, Tech people are in high demand, and if you want to live pretty much anywhere you want, they'll hire you. Uh, So, yeah, certainly we are still going to see the silicon slopes of the world do well, but you can have that portability on your job. We're seeing people take advantage of it. You should expect migration to continue substantially. You should expect a lot of it to be out of places like the Bay Area into lower cost places. And again, some people are going to go for the lowest cost and others are going to say, hey, listen, I still want to live in a city, but not for San Francisco. Or maybe I really want to be in the mountains. I want to be by ski slopes. Um, you know, maybe there's other priorities people have. But now those are choices they get to make from a wide range of options rather than being locked into the one or two places that that industry might be located. 
Yeah, we're also obviously looking at uh, how inflation is hitting uh, different areas. We're obviously here in the state of Utah uh, getting hit uh, very hard, you know, as, in terms of that percentage, even higher uh, than everywhere. But I think Colorado, uh, when it comes to inflation, costing about an extra eight hundred plus dollars a month uh, to keep things rolling along here. Uh, how is the inflation component uh, factoring into some of this movement around the country? You know, I'm not sure if inflation will drive mobility directly in the sense that mm. I doubt people are taking into account the differential inflation in different states, it, partly because it's actually your circumstances that may drive that more than the state's economy. You know, part of it's going to be logistics and how much it costs to ship things to your state. But sometimes it's just more, you know, if you have larger families, um, you spend more of your budget on food and food inflation is higher. So one reason inflation as a whole is higher in Utah is that family size is a little larger in Utah than the rest of the country. Uh, so, you know, that doesn't really make a, a, a difference if you're moving to Utah or somewhere else. Your family size is what it is. Uh, that doesn't mean there aren't other things that are driving inflation in Utah that's different than the rest of the country. But <laughs> clearly this is not transient. Inflation is going to be here for a while. Uh, and I think inflation might make a difference in people realizing that their dollar's not stretching as far and they care more about cost of living generally. But I'm not sure if people are going to look at what's inflation in Utah versus what's inflation across the border. They're more thinking, uh, maybe I'm more cost conscious generally than I was a year or two ago. Yeah. Great insight as always. Jared Walzak, Vice President of State Projects at the Tax, Found- Tax Foundation. Uh, Jared, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so many important things to to check out there and and to think about, and it is really interesting that again a lot of these places like California, like New York, that are having this big chunks of wealth move out. Uh, so the tax base is shrinking. Uh, it is why there are some policies uh, like we've seen in terms of the state and local tax deductions. Uh, that's really been a subsidy uh, for high earners in blue states with very high tax rates. And so whether that's a sustainable thing, uh, whether that should be a sustainable thing, I think is probably the better question uh, in terms of why should we be paying uh, so that somebody who lives in uh, New York or California uh, can feel a little better about uh, their lives because they're they're paying more in state and local taxes uh, on their taxes. So uh, anyway, there's lots of things to consider there as we look at a great insight, as always, from our friends at the Tax Foundation. We're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, a really crucial conversation about staying cool in the stands, in the heat, with Dave McCann. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.